Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the All In Crypto podcast. I am your host, All In, and today I am very excited to have Bill Laboon, the Head of Grants and Education at the Web3 Foundation, and also an author of a couple of books related to cryptography. One of them, a bit of a sci-fi, near-futuristic book called Strength in Numbers, um, which is about Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and of course, Monero. So welcome on board, Bill. How are you? Thanks. Yeah, doing great. And it's, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to have you back on. Um, really enjoyed our chat last time. And I think when I listened to Gavin Wood's keynotes at Decoded, you were the first person that popped into my head. I said, I've, I've really got to reach out and get you back on the show to maybe talk a little bit about what was proposed in those keynotes. Um, but before we do that, I'd maybe kind of like to dive in a little bit to the current state of Polkadot because things have been going unbelievably well by all metrics. Um, and if we could maybe start with just talking generally about where Polkadot's currently at um, and how things have been going. Now, that's probably quite a lot to summarize, um, but let's just maybe start with, with, with Polkadot. Right now, I believe we have around about 52 parachains, is it? 48. 48 yeah. parachains. Okay, so I was... Four off then, yes. um, but they've all been going swimmingly, and 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 as far as uh, Polkadot's concerned, it's operating exactly as it should be. Yeah, you know, Polkadot uh, has been doing well, as you mentioned. We have had no problems uh, on the the Polkadot side of things. Uh, all of the parachains are operating as as they should uh, as uh, right now. Um, you know, you may have heard. You know, we had some issues with Kusama. Uh, with the, but this is what Kusama is for, right? You know the, you know, so Kusama, for those who aren't aware, is our canary network where new features are pushed out, and we sort of, you know, uh, push the boundaries to see what's possible and see where things uh, might fail. And uh, but uh, yeah, Polkadot itself, uh, you know, we've had uh, OpenGov in operation there for quite a few months now. Uh, we have uh, been, you know, onboarding new parachains uh, pretty pretty regularly. Uh, and uh, yeah, th things are going well. And as you mentioned, uh, we're looking to propose a couple of new improvements uh, to the system to make it even better. Yeah, more nimble, I think, was exactly. uh, how Gavin Wood described it, which I absolutely love. Um, and you mentioned OpenGov there. OpenGov's kind of a, I think, as the crypto space, as the kind of blockchain space, the distributed ledger space um, evolves, Governance becomes more and more of an important thing, and, and and can we maybe go back a little bit and actually talk about OpenGov, which is what these proposals um, will essentially pass through and be voted on, um, and and give a kind of overview of that. Sure. Yeah. So let me like just step back for a second, if you don't mind, and like I'll I'll talk about like sort of the general philosophy of governance in Polkadot. Um, so you know early. Um, you know, like governance systems really were very off chain, right? I mean, you can think of like Bitcoin governance, uh, you know, it's really people discussing off chain about what kind of soft forks would occur, you know, same with Bitcoin, although those tend to be hard forks. Uh, the idea behind Polkadot's governance was always that the dot holders would be in charge of any changes uh, to the system. And this is really baked in at a fundamental level uh, to, to the chain. So most blockchains, how they work is you know, the rules for that blockchain are built into the code. So if you're running a Bitcoin node, for instance, 
the rules for that blockchain are built into the Bitcoin node software. And if there's an upgrade, well, you got to get some new software. The idea behind Polkadot is that the rules for the blockchain, what we call the runtime, are actually embedded in the chain itself. So any node that's following that will automatically get upgraded. You don't need to upgrade your software because if you're following the chain and new code comes out or some new parameter comes out, you, you have to follow it. If you want to keep following the chain, you need to follow the rules. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that this was not something that, you know, that, that Parity or Web3 Foundation or any individual entity would have control over, but rather only the dot holders. So every time there is a change on Polkadot, and this goes from the, the very early days, uh, you know, it, it ori originally launched without that, but uh, within, um, I can't remember the exact amount of time, about two months, we released it to, to, to you know, once we made sure everything was up and running, everything was in control of the dot holders and has been ever since. So under the original Gov1 system, uh, you know, this, this went really well, but there were a few uh, things about it that we thought could be improved. So there were some what we call first-class citizens. There was a council that was elected and, and voted. There was a technical committee, which had very uh, minimal powers. They could just reduce the amount of time that you, you could vote on a referendum. Uh, but uh, also, we saw that as, as an issue, right? That's still a centralized, you know, single entities that have extra power than ordinary dot holders. Uh, and also, you were really restricted in how many referenda, how many things you could vote on at once. Generally, it was one thing at a time. And that was, you know, very slow. So the idea behind OpenGov was to remove all of anything that would make uh, uh, an account have more power than another. So now, like, you know, one dot is one dot is one dot. For everyone, there is no technical committee, there is no council, uh, etc. And we uh, have various tracks. Uh, these tracks uh, you can think of as like you know, like topics, right? That you can vote on anywhere from a really powerful one like root that can do pretty much anything, all the way down to small tip, which allows you to send up to ten dot as as a tip uh, to someone, and it can be voted on. And obviously, to get something passed via root is going to be much more difficult and require a lot more uh, voting power than something for, for a small tip. So uh, OpenGov has been, I would, I would say, a real success. Uh, we have seen a lot of different proposals. Um, we've also learned a lot. Again, you know, Kusama we have as a canary network, and so we launched uh, OpenGov on that earlier uh, last year. So we learned a lot about like kinds of parameters uh, to, to set and uh, uh, et cetera. So we've uh, been, been watching OpenGov. It's been there's been a lot of participation. You know, every uh, referendum we see hundreds of accounts voting. Uh, we see millions of dot voting uh, on things. So it's been a, and there's been there's actually there's a podcast all about uh, uh, Polkadot governance called uh, AAG Attempts at Governance uh, by the Kusamarian. Uh, so what we've seen actually is I, I think one of the sort of most dynamic governance systems uh, out there, right? Because we have put a lot of power into the hands of users. And so one of the things I just want to mention about, you know, about all of our governance systems, these are not like many other governance systems where you're basically asking someone to do something. If something passes in governance, like the runtime makes it happen. If you, you know, vote to upgrade the software and the people vote for it, it, you know, it happens uh, automatically. There, you're, there's no human intervention uh, necessary, right? Which I think is really sort of the, the core goal of crypto, right? And blockchain is that you can have things happen and you don't need to trust anything other than the system 
right, to make sure that it will happen. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of the reasons we love Polkadot is because it's, I don't know if it's fair to say this, but it's kind of like the predecessor um, to Bitcoin, except for it's really expanded on the kind of, um, if you believe in the narrative of Satoshi Nakamoto, if you if you think that that story is is the accurate origins of everything, which is not what we're here to debate, um, then Polkadot really has expanded on the capabilities of Bitcoin, but at its core held the philosophies that it that it that it, that it was built for, and that is to uh, put the power back into your hands, the, the the users of the network's hands. And I think that that's I'm really glad that we segued into OpenGov because, of course, the proposals that were put forward by Gavin Wood are going to pass through this. And you guys, your dot holders, are going to be the ultimate deciders of whether um, this goes forward or not. So uh, governance and, and, and open gov, you know, this is the first time I think really um, in this kind of a form in history where people have had the power given back to them for these systems. I'm sure there are maybe similarities in certain things unrelated to uh, cryptography, cryptography and, and distributed ledger technologies. But governance is a really powerful thing. And I'm, I'm very glad that we segued um, into that and, and people have got a kind of understanding of that. So we have seen really good participation, right? How long has OpenGov been going for roughly now? Um, uh, se several months. Um, I don't have the exact date that it went live uh, sometime in June. Yep. Uh, so what's the what's now July, August, September? Yeah, about about three months on Polkadot, but it's been live on Kusama since uh, either late November or early December of last year. So we've actually seen you know quite a few referenda between Kusama and Polkadot uh, coming through. Brilliant. And actually, just to extend on that topic, um, Polkadot has a treasury, mm -hmm. and that treasury is there to basically. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll maybe let you answer that. What, what is the Polkadot Treasury all about? Um, because, of course, you can vote on where the Treasury's resources are allocated through OpenGov. So could we get a bit of an introduction to the, the, the Polkadot Treasury? Sure. So the Treasury is also a part of the system. Again, you know, there's not it's not like, you know, I own the keys to the Treasury. It's an account that is controlled by the system that is funded in a variety of ways. So, for instance, if a validator gets slashed, you know, that is, you know, they do something bad and they get, a, you know, some dot taken away as a punishment, it goes to the Treasury. Uh, some staking inefficiencies, which might take a while to go into what that exactly means, uh, go into the Treasury. A portion of transaction fees, when you issue a transaction, uh, you know, an issue an extrinsic, uh, you know, do something on the Polkadot relay chain, a percentage of that goes uh, to the Treasury. So the Treasury, you know, slowly uh, builds up with DOT. Uh, and then it's actually up to make to users to make Treasury proposals that we should, you know, send DOT to people, uh, to teams to do things, right? So some of these, and this can be anything. Uh, there's actually uh, you know, like a whole variety, right, of things. So like things like RPC endpoints, you know, one thing that we saw a problem uh, with a lot of systems is that, you know, people running nodes, it tends to get very centralized. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> my goal isn't to name any ecosystems, right? But let's not start this. a battle. Yeah, let's yeah, not start so a that's not, that's not my, my goal, but it's a, it's a problem, right, that we've seen, right? We don't want to have, you know, one company that has all the nodes that, you know, you can interact with the system for. So one thing that these treasury proposals pay for is what is essentially a public good, right? Running these nodes to different teams. So we actually have a goal um, we haven't quite reached it, but uh, you know, it, it is our goal that the, less than 2% of requests should ever go to any single 
uh, RPC endpoint provider, like any single node uh, provider. So we want at least you know 50 out there and very well spread out. Again, we haven't quite reached that, but that's the eventual, that's our stated goal, what we're going for. Um, wallets. Right, you know, like wallets, you know, often are, are can be considered a public good. Uh, you know, marketing events, uh, a lot of this stuff, and all of this can be voted on. Uh, in, infrastructure programming, to, you know, there's, there's, uh, right now, um, I think as of this morning, there's something like eighteen or nineteen different treasury proposals on Polkadot, right, for different different projects. Uh, and this doesn't even count bounties, which are kind of like a special treasury uh, proposal, and there are seven of those. So. Um, so, so anyways, the, the point of the treasury is that you know, we should spend this dot, right? This, this dot should be used uh, for things. There's actually, um, so something, you know, people sometimes like yell at me on Twitter and they say like, all right, you, uh, well, you know, Polkadot is inflationary. There's no burning mechanism. And I say, no, actually there is, right? Treasury, if you don't spend dot from the treasury, it gets burned. And this happens on a, on a, a regular cycle of 28 days, right? So you are incentivized. To, to spend this dot on things, right, that are going to help improve the ecosystem. And again, everything is controlled by the, the dot holders, right? And so, you know, there, there's actually been, you know, quite a few cases where I've like said, like, hey, I think this is a really important project. I think people should fund it. And, you know, dot holders disagreed with me, right? And and vice versa, right? You can see, you know, I'm, I'm, my my account is Bill, uh, you know, on on Kusama and Polkadot. You can certainly anyone can look up and see what I've argued for and against, and what the community has thought. Um, which you know, like sometimes it's a little annoying personally that people don't you know disagree with me. But like I think this shows how decentralized it is, right? And that different people have different agreements on what we should be spending the the dot treasury on. And so yeah, so this is the treasury in a nutshell, right? Entirely dot holder controlled of you know, where uh you know, where dot goes to for different projects to help build the ecosystem yeah you know again treasury something i think that people often miss out and it's a really interesting concept and as a dot holder you have rights mm -hmm. and this, it, it's it's almost like um you, you know you have uh, a whole list of things that you can do and partake in and and and, and being a part of the dot ecosystem you you really get your kind of um, sovereignty in many areas given back to you. And, and, and this is one reason we're such a fan, Treasury, OpenGov, big reasons actually, um, of Polkadot. So really glad that we segued into that because now we know a little bit about how the OpenGov system works. And, and, and let's maybe move on to some of the potential changes in the proposal that was actually put forward by Gavin Wood at Decoded 2023. Because I think this has some people... A lot of people don't like change. I just want to reiterate that this change isn't in stone yet. You know, it, it, it is a proposal. Um, it's not an enforced thing or or just because Gavin, the founder, has has came up with it doesn't mean it's, it, it's a guarantee to happen. Ultimately, it's for you guys to vote upon. But let's maybe start with actually what the proposal for a more nimble future for Polkadot actually is. And there's quite a lot to it. So we can we can maybe break it down if we need to. Yeah, there, there's really a lot of different parts uh, to it, and if if you're really interested in, uh, in it, so you know, 
we have something called the the Polkadot Technical Fellowship. Um, maybe we can put links to it uh, yeah. on here, and we have you know all of these listed and you know much more uh, you know much more explicitly, right? So everything is done in public. You know all the meeting notes for these are are, are public of uh, the Polkadot Technical Fellowship of, of potential changes. And as as you mentioned, this has to be voted on by dot holders. And you know we've seen you know in the past again you know a lot of times. Uh, uh, People will you know, will make a, um, a pr proposal of some kind, a referendum, and it, it does get voted down by the, the dot holders. So, yeah, Polkadot decoded twenty twenty three. Uh, so Gavin Wood, uh, one of the founders of Polkadot, laid out some uh, potential uh, uh, proposals for how Polkadot would change. So I think like. Uh, we need to step back again, right? I, I'm an educator. I was going to say, all right, let's understand the basics first, and then we'll see how it how it changes. So, really, what the Polkadot relay chain is, it's kind of like a multi-core computer, okay? And uh, what it's generally computing is what we call the state transitions of the parachains, right? So, really, what we're doing, what you know, the Polkadot, uh, you know, the, the, the Polkadot relay chain, you know, and then there are parachains, right, that connect to the relay chain. Uh, really what it's doing, it's verifying that like these are valid transitions, right? That this is something, you know, uh, if I have, you know, I have a you know build chain and I have seven bill coins and I set up at the beginning that, uh, uh, you know, I can't send more bill coins than I have to someone, I can't have a negative balance. And I try to send someone nine bill coins and I have seven, right? The relay chain is going to say, no, that's not a valid block and, you know, look for another one. But so the idea behind like, you know, a lot of these new um, uh, concepts is basically, this is a really restrictive way of looking at things, right? Uh, so just like, you know, if you, you think about, uh, I think, you know, like I, I'm a bit older. Like I think when I was, I was a kid, you know, like a video game system, like I had a video game system and I had uh, a camcorder, right? A big camcorder if I wanted to do videos and I wanted to, I had a camera if I wanted to do photos. And, you know, like now I have an iPhone and it does all of that stuff, right? Because they, they're all really abstractions of certain concepts, right? And I think this is something computing is really good at, right? You know, I, was, I used to be a software engineering professor and that's all just abstractions, Right. It's like you know, you're abstracting you know, a bunch of ones and zeros into a Zoom call or you know, a video game or a blockchain or whatever. So really what a lot of the, these new ideas are are abstracting away from just this idea of parachain and relay chain. If we think of the relay chain as a computer. All right. Well, that allows us actually to do a lot more stuff. Right. So you don't you can still handle parachains. Right. Because that's just one concept. But you also could have essentially smart contracts running directly against the relay chain, right? You know, because it's just another way of, it's just another uh, thing to compute, right? Um, you could have uh, you know, like more powerful, for, for lack of a better word, more computationally intensive uh, parachains, right? You could have something that requires a lot more computing power or variable amounts of computing power. Uh, instead of just, you know, like basically right now, if you have a, a lease, you have the amount of computing power necessary for doing your know, one parachain. Uh, but if you have, you know, some application that sometimes requires a lot of computing power or storage or whatever, and other times requires a little bit, we don't really have a way at, at this moment for, for, for handling that. So there's a couple of different, um, things that we're doing, doing here, right. That, uh, we're, that, that have been proposed. Uh, so one is this idea of core time, 
so core, so if we think of like the processing power as cores, so just like you know you may have heard like if you bought a computer, oh that's a two core, you know, multi core machine, that's a four core machine. You know a core is just like basically a, you know a baby CPU inside your bigger CPU, uh, and so we have you know so many CPUs essentially, so many cores uh, that can handle parachains, but one do we need to have them for such a long period, right? So right now, virtually every parachain, in fact, every parachain that has won a slot, as far as I know, has gotten the entire two-year uh, parachain lease. Um, and that's, uh, right, so that's a long period of time, right? And especially, it's hard to do like a very small weekend project and say, okay, well, now I've got to get, you know, a two-year setup to see if it works. So this is one thing, right? It's changing the amount of, changing the, the time. And this is a uh, core time. So basically you can still buy bulk core time essentially by the month, uh, but you also can have an on, on demand. So you can say, hey, I, I just, you know, I'm going to try this or I just want to buy, uh, you know, essentially a little bit of this core time. Uh, and there's actually will be auctions uh, for real-time auctions. It kind of reminds me of like how auctions work for uh, ads. You know, when you see ads, like behind the scenes, there's a bit of an auction taking place before that actually gets shown to you. So, so uh, this is the, the core time. Uh, there's also something called core jam, uh, which would allow, I'm actually not sure if it means jam, like, like dancing or jam, like, you know, je, uh, I guess we would say jelly in American marmalade or whatever. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Yeah. Strawberry. Jelly. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which would allow you to do things other, you know, more abstract things, right? So not just parachains, but also, you know, have essentially the equivalent of smart contracts or, or app chains, you know, more specific things. So there's also, so finally, the last part of this is agile scheduling. Uh, which is that you can have like one entity that could use more or less computational power uh, at a time because sometimes you will need that, right? We see that, you know, on on certain chains, right? You know, so so what happens? Um, you know, we've seen uh, you know all kinds of chains, right? When something popular occurs, and all of a sudden, all right, well now, uh, you know, whatever this application is taking up all the you know every single block, and so there's no room for others. Uh, well. In with 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 um, with agile scheduling, we could say, okay, well, we'll allow that for a certain period of time. You know, they can just buy more time on, on the relay chain, more cores. They can do more things, and then once the you know whatever this fad is dies down a bit, then they won't won't use as much. Uh, so again, a lot of these proposals are really just you know being more flexible, more abstract, allowing you to do different things than just sort of the standard parachain model that we have today. Yeah, and you know what? Initially, when I first heard of it, um, my main concern is which we can come on to, uh, but I want to I want to kind of recap on uh, uh, quite a bit of what you've said there. Was what happens to the existing parachains, which we 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 can come on to because th th there's a plan for that. Um, but initially, when I heard it, I was a little bit sort of change is always something you need to get used to, whether it's for uh, the better or the worst. Um, but now I'm very sold on um what could be a new future for polka dot because if you imagine polka dot as a kind of supercomputer with these cores right now as it currently sits and feel free to jump in at any point uh here bill um you've got parachains which take up one parachain is one core essentially mm -hmm. so right now we've got 48 of those but not all of those cores need the same amount of power or perhaps the same amount of time or 
perhaps somebody that wants to use one of those cores is completely priced out of the market because of the slot auction model. It's not practical for somebody, um, I think Gavin Wood, and I'm I'm not sure if you're a tinkerer, I'd imagine a, a, a little a bit little of bit, that. Yeah. yeah. It's not practical for somebody that just wants to tinker around and, and, and we can factor in Kusama to that if, if they wanted to do that. Um, but this new model would essentially make Polkadot exactly um, what was or maybe set out for it, and that is more nimble. So people will be able to have a way lower barrier to entry in order to get into uh, Polkadot, I believe. They'll be able to pick and choose just how long they want to do that for and what kind of power they need. So I think right now with the cores, could a parachain, and are we still going to call parachains parachains, or, or, or what's the terminology that we may move on to now? <sighs> So, so as far as I know, there's been no talk about changing the name parachains okay. um, because you know it still is you know a very important part of Polkadot, right? You know yes. the idea of these you, you you essentially you know the the these parachains, right? These parallelized blockchains, right? The very uh, specific uh, thing. Uh, there's there's no yeah uh, no no attempt at like redefining that term. Uh, okay. I don't think. Now now. There will be other kinds of parachains, right? Like pay-as-you-go parachains that may not have these lease slots, but they're still, you know, uh, still going to be parachains. Which is that similar to the parathread model that was? Because 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 what's happened um, there? I mean, I mean, maybe I should uh, j- j- just start off by finishing on this one point before we jump into uh, a whole other point of has anything changed on the parathread side of things and and what that vision would have looked like. Um, but could a parachain, for example, let's say, let's pick on um, Moonbeam. Let's say that you know the 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 users are going through the roof. They really need more um, compute. They need more power. Could they essentially have two of those cores now? All of a sudden, because yes. it's up to them, really, isn't it? Now, yes, exactly. If they're willing to you know pay the dot uh, for it, then they can have additional computing power uh, that can be done. Um, yeah, in um, uh, you know, you know, at, at the same time. Right, so yeah. that you could have like you know multiple cores because they require some more uh, time, uh, you know, computational resources essentially uh, in order to you know continue continue onwards. And on the other end of that, can a core be split up into multiple? You know, could could essentially a parachain or whatever we call the smaller versions of these um, essentially split up a core and that that resource be used? Because we mentioned the auction and how it would be sold. Yeah, so so that's the eventual goal. Um, I'm actually not familiar with the code 100 right now. So sadly, you know, as uh, I do more management than than I used to, so I can't always look at all the code. Um, that so that may come in a little bit later. Uh, but yes, this this is idea right is is part of this. It's sort of the 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 antithesis, right? Is that like you know sometimes you know you will be able you know, you may not have a lot happening on your your parachain or your whatever you're running, right? Your your entity, and you only run for like you know a certain period, you know a certain amount of time, and you essentially share that core. Uh, so, so again, like you know, this this sounds kind of like wow, like exotic. Um, but this really, this is how your computer works too, right? And you know, you may have like a, a two core CPU, uh, but you may be running you know, like twenty applications, right? You've got mail in the background, and you've, you you we're, we're doing Zoom, and you've got a web browser, and you know, I don't know, you know, WhatsApp, right? But really, what's happening is like you know when they need, like they can swap in and out, right? You know, so like you know, one will run for a little bit, then another will run, then another will run. So. 
you know, again, like we see Polkadot, you know, uh, you know, one of the phrases that, that Gav used was, you know, ubiquitous computer, right? And we can see really there is a very much like a one-to-one analogy uh, with, with, a com- with, with a computer here. It's just, you know, a, de- a huge decentralized computer. So a lot of what it does is like stuff you would learn in computer science 101, just, you know, in a decentralized distributed manner. Yeah, it's fascinating. You can see there are lots of it's why I was so um, uh, eager to get you on the show because there, there, there are lots of potential moving parts to it. But actually, it's quite simple, I think, to understand the overall concept of really what's going on here. And you uh, likening it to a ubiquitous um, computer makes a lot of sense, I think, um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really interesting. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Polkadot was first really, you know, like planned in, in 2016 with the release of the, of the Polkadot paper and you know, launched in 2020, right? It's like, you know, four years of development process. And you know, then uh, with, with the RFC actually for, for core time to like move, you know, to, to this, uh, you know, it says that this should be done, uh, and, you know, software engineers are always a little bit optimistic, but, uh, you know, within three months after we decide on, on parameters for it. So it really is a, a you know, it, it, it's not like you know some crazy redesign. Uh, a lot of this is just abstracting what we already have, just to be a little bit more powerful. Once we realized what we had, because uh, I think that's another thing. You know, we talked about like you know be, being you know like agile and flexible. You know, Polkadot has always been about that. You know, I think everyone knew uh, in the early days. You know, hey, we're not going to. We don't know what is going to be the block the blockchain features that we're wanting to have in in five years right or 10 years or 15 or 20 or 30 um and so it was really designed for this right it was designed to to update it was designed to upgrade and you know we've seen you know lots of different up- runtime upgrades with polkadot already adding new features and changing parameters and things and i'd say this is really just you know an extension uh extension of that basic philosophy yeah, I absolutely love that. And as someone that's been in the space like yourself for quite a while, we've actually seen uh, a lot of blockchains come to their demise as a result of not doing that, you know, not being nimble enough to, for whatever reason, maybe it's because of how the governance is set up or um, um, could be a, a, a few other reasons. But I love the fact that Polkadot um, is essentially looking at the state of things and saying, okay, well, this is going to benefit the um polkadot itself and the the users the developers and everyone um that's involved and I, I do think it's a really good way of looking at it is it's it's not actually as drastic as i think people initially in took it to be you know it, it is more about becoming more nimble becoming more inclusive um, and facilitating more of what polkadot's absolutely amazing at um you know and i think that that's uh brilliant so in the sort of parachain slot model there was the um design for para threads mm-hmm. so is this model if this proposal gets through now going to completely shift is there anything specific with para threads or is that something that i suppose you won't really need them because para threads are kind of an embodiment of being able to rent a smaller it's kind of a similar concept yeah exactly um, and so, so this really, yeah, the, so the concept of parathreads, just for people who hadn't followed, were uh, parachains that did not have to stay connected uh, to the relay chain because they could buy you know, very small amounts of, of processing power, essentially, you know, by, by the block. Um, but these pay-as-you-go parachains essentially take the place of parathreads. 
Um, so I've actually, you know, like I always thought it was interesting because, you know, parathread actually can mean two different things um, in, in Polkadot because, you know, like any parachain starts life as a, as a parathread uh, and it becomes a parachain, but it's still like, you know, a parathread entity. So I've always thought this, you know, this, this, this phrasing was a little bit, uh, you know, sometimes a bit uh, confusing. Um, but yeah, so this, if you've heard about parathreads, like that basically gets subsumed under the concept of, you know, pay-as-you-go parachain. And this all goes back to, right, like, you know, the, this generalized abstraction. Like you can have, you know, the same parachain, the same kind of object. And what can it do, right? It can lease, excuse me, it can lease um, uh, parachain, excuse me, relay chain time, like, you know, in a big chunk, right, at, 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 by the month. Or it could get it, you know, in smaller increments and auction for it. It could buy it from other people. So this is another thing I'd be very curious to see, right? You know, uh, one parachain has more computing power than it needs, right? And, you know, does does, it, is, does the market evolve, right, that they can sell some of this extra, you know, excess uh, computing time to others? Um, so we're going to see, I think, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of, of, of evolution and interesting stuff happen uh, with that. But yes, to answer your question, yeah, parathreads like as, as a concept really getting subsumed under this idea of pay-as-you-go parachains. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what a free market for sort of uh, core time looks like. You know, I'm assuming that um, there'll be a kind of center point where you can go and get core time directly from, but there'll also be secondary markets. So, for example, if, if if somebody that has a core wants to rent some of that out, I, I don't know. Are there any plans on building almost like a DEX for that? I don't know how that would uh, work. Yeah, so so I don't. We are building a you know a core time parachain. Excuse me, a core time parachain that will allow you to to get this uh, directly. Um, I I don't think that there are any plans that I know of uh, to build this by people at, at Parity. Uh, but of course, you know these will be just you know commu- communicatable and, and transmissible via via XCM. Uh, so it would be something that you know a third party you know could uh, could develop and put together. Yeah, really interesting to see how um, how that all unfolds. Um, with so w- what do you think about developers with this proposed um, chain? You know, are, are we often track GitHub and Polkadot is always well and truly right along with Kusama, um, right at the top of development activity in regards to blockchain generally. I think it's only second to Ethereum, I believe. Um, that, that That's how well it's doing. What do you think this proposed change, if approved by the dot holders, will do for developers. Do you think you're going to see a lot more developers because they now will be able to coming on board and, and, and interacting with the Polkadot space? How do, you, how do you think that's going to look? Yeah, I mean, it's always difficult to predict the future, but it certainly, I think, makes life easier uh, for, for developers, right? And, you know, personally, uh, you know, uh, I, I see, especially, especially in blockchain, that this is really where... Um, this is what gets people interested in blockchain is, you know, like playing around with something on the weekend, deploying it, seeing what happens. And then, and then they get hooked, right. They go to a hackathon or, or, or whatever. Um, so, so I see this as being really a, um, a great way for people to test out Polkadot and try using it without you know, all of the extra work of putting together a parachain, which, which is pretty significant, right. You know, uh, you know, a parachain is an L1 blockchain. You need to get your explorers. You need, uh, you know, to get RPC endpoints, you need to have collators. Uh, you need to, you know, get get a slot, which can be, you know, you might have to gather up a lot of dot to do that. Um, and uh, so, 
I, I think what we're going to see is a lot more developers interested because it'll be easier to try out, right? Be, there's a lot lower cost, right? So like right now, um, you know, so uh, you know, I try not to say anything bad about other ecosystems, but I'll say something good, right? Like Ethereum is a great ecosystem if you're just looking to, hey, I want to put together some Solidity code and put it up on a test net and, you know, I... I can go to Remix and, and do that uh, instantly. Um, you know, you can do the same thing on some of the parachains, like like Moonbeam, as, as you mentioned, uh, do something similar. But doing it on Polkadot itself and developing your own, developing something that interacts directly with the relay chain is still a bit of a difficult process. It's still rather uh, technically cumbersome. And so I think anything that we can do to, to make that easier is going to have more people try it out. And some percentage of those people will stay and build even more new and interesting things, or even you know, the, the thing they build on a weekend might be very useful. Um, so I think anything we can do to make life easier for developers is going to bring more developers on. And you know, this is one thing, right? But just so you know, um, you know this really is a, you know, a key point for Polkadot, is that you know, one of the reasons you see so many developers is I think that we are doing so much work to try to bring developers into the ecosystem and make it easy for them. You know, we're improving our documentation. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of the Polkadot Wiki. Um, you know, I, I issued the first commit for it in, in 2019, and now it's like uh, 350 pages or something like that uh, of, you know, like just anything you'd want to know about, like the substrate, the developer relations team at Parity has been working on that. We have this ink team for developing uh, ink smart contracts. Uh, you know, one of the reasons we have so many developers is that's really a, a focus for us is making life easy for developers and letting them uh, you know, like try things and, and and do cool things and making it as easy for them to do those cool things as possible. Yeah, I think you know developers really are the kind of um, heart, if you will, or, or they're a very important component of any ecosystem and and, and making life easy for them. Um, I think is key, you know, just like it, the the other side of that is also users of Polkadot um, and its ecosystem. I think making it easy for them, I think in order for mass adoption of anything, it's got to be easy, right? You know, my uh, grandparents, when I set them up with a MetaMask, you know, they were looking around the room as if there was a poltergeist or something yeah. <laughs> uh, in there with us. So, um, yeah, no, it, 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 uh, like I say, I was initially a little bit unsure about everything. And then as I really looked through it and it, it got a lot more simple and, and, and started to all click together, I thought, wow, this is uh, a proposal that I'll certainly um, get behind. And could we talk a little bit about what you envision happening for existing parachains. So right now, parachains have two-year slot auctions. Um, I, th I think all parachains have the two-year slot auction. That's a yep. standard uh, thing as it currently sits. Actually, I think in a, is it a, just under or over 100 days' time, could even be less than that at this point, it would have been two years and since some of the initial parachains that we had launched. Amazing. Uh yeah, so so actually, it's approximately two years. Um, I think it's ninety six weeks. So yes. the the uh, yeah, so uh, uh, that you get a lease. So we'll actually see the first uh, group of five uh, parachains. Their their leases will be ending October, uh, late October twenty fourth, twenty sixth, something like that. Um, but yeah, so they uh, the original um, auctions were in November of uh, twenty twenty one, and they onboarded in December, right before Christmas twenty twenty one. So almost. Almost unbelievable. Years, yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like that. It literally feels like, you know, a month or so ago that that that, that, that was taking place. Um, so I'm very interested to see how parachain, what what the kind of um I, th I think the question I'm really trying to ask you is what do you think happens with already existing parachains? You know, are there going to be special parameters set up for them that have perhaps 
um, already had an agreed time period that they'd be able to run for, or or what kind of happens here? Yeah, I mean, something that I, I want to sort of like you know, say before I go into this is like you know uh, there has been a lot of interaction and discussions with parachains, right? So this isn't uh, you know hey we're just going to throw some proposal up and let's hope everyone likes it. I mean, there's been a lot of discussions, and you know one of the things is that there would be like some sort of uh, transitional period, right? That you know Polkadot would respect. Uh, you know, the, these parachain leases, right? And so, uh, you know, the the specifics, right, obviously, like, you know, the final code hasn't been written yet. Uh, but the the general idea is that in this transitional period that the initial um, uh, your parachain leases would still be respected, right? You know, by, by the system, you know, like this particular parathread ID has, you know, uh, an allocation of this, of this much core time for, you know, uh, until their lease would, ha- would have ended. Um, and uh, so eventually, though, like that, that will go away, right? So the idea is, but though this is a transitional period, it's not like, you know, anyone who bought a, a parachain, got a parachain lease slot is out of luck uh, and they just wasted the locking up their dot, uh, but rather there will be a transitional period uh, toward this. So, you know, because, you know, we're still doing parachain auctions. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be you know, like a, a multi-year process before, uh, this you're totally uh, transition, totally transitions over. Yeah, that was going to actually be the, the 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 very next question that I asked you. I'm really glad you answered it. There was are are, are parachain auctions still taking place? Um, yeah. And I, I suppose this has to be voted on before any kind of a halting or an actual inaction plan is is, is taken place. Right. You know. And again, any any yeah. So actually, uh, Nodal just won the the most recent uh, parachain lease auction as of uh, that was uh, yesterday, I think. So yeah, so parachain auctions are still going on, and the next one starts uh, later this week, the thirtieth, I think. So um, yeah, this this still is uh, continuing, um, but it you know eventually will go away. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, the, the, I follow all the parachains very closely. I'm always excited about the the the, the new ones that are coming up and what they're doing. It, it really is amazing just how much growth we've seen with the individual parachains. Um, in regards to pretty much every metric you can weigh a blockchain up by, you know, developer activity, users, uh, transactions, and partnerships. It, it's amazing, actually, how much of the DOT ecosystem is partnered with some behemoths of institutions and and, and, and things like this that are obviously very um, – I was looking into Kilt and Deloitte. Mm-hmm. I've actually got a family member that works uh, for Deloitte. So I was – you know, and, and they're always asking me about crypto, and I said, oh, well, this is – you know, there's some sort of a um, collaboration going on there. Um, so now that we've spoken about all of this, what's the kind of um, right now you have to pay in pays not the right word, but you have to use dot to secure an auction. Is that going to be the same thing for core time uh, and, and and sort of space, if you will? So uh, essentially, essentially, no. So the idea of locking dot up for a significant amount of time uh, is that that is likely you know, going going to change, um, but rather that uh, core time will actually be paid for, right? So so right now you don't you know again you know, like as you mentioned pay is a bad word right really you are locking dot up for a significant amount of time in order to get a uh, a, a lease a parachain a, a slot uh, lease. Uh, however, with with core time, we're going to see some form of uh, paying, burning. Uh, I think that you know the, the specifics are still being um, 
uh, still being argued with, but it's not going to be like lock your dot up for a long period of time, but rather actually using your dot uh, to in exchange for core time. Yeah. That's so so be- again, with, with parachain leases, like there'll be some sort, you know, because these ongoing leases, there'll be some exceptions uh, to that though. Yeah. I, like I say, I'm just very interested to watch, uh, you know, the progression. I'm very interested to watch the run up to the voting, very interested to watch Polkadot right now where it's at and, and how just massively it's growing in, in, you know, arms and legs. And it has been for, 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 for a long time now. Um, so what, what would you, and it's probably very hard to estimate this, what would be the sort of timing that this stuff, if voted upon, you know, how long, when, when is all this getting voted upon? What does that kind of a timeline look like? Yeah. So, you know, as, as always, uh, you know, we try not to say like, you know, any sort of specific, you know, timeline because, you know, we want to see how, yeah, you know, it, it takes as long as it takes. However, like I said, uh, so in the initial uh, RFC one for core time, uh, Gav had mentioned that this should be something that we can put together uh, within three months after we determine the parameters. Uh, now, after that happens, obviously it's going to go to a test net. Uh, so likely, uh, you know, so we have several test nets like Rococo uh, that this is used for. Then there's Kusama, our canary network. Uh, and usually, um, so let's just let's like add all this time together, right? So, you know, three months of uh, development time, and then uh, being deployed to a test net, uh, and then assuming everything works fine on a test net, uh, generally at least three months on Kusama. Uh, OpenGov actually was more like five or six months uh, because you know when we first deployed OpenGov, we actually saw a few issues with Kusama. Um, they're nothing major, but you know changing some parameters, uh, like old governance proxies didn't work with the the new governance system, so we had to modify things. So there's always like you know these minor things, right? That uh, that, that may not be seen before it gets uh, uh, deployed. So like you know, at least another three months on Kusama. So again, I don't want to make any you know like like promises, so please don't take it as that. Uh, probably not this year. But uh, sometime, uh, sometime uh, next next year, it'll actually be on Polkadot mainnet. But if you're interested in trying it out, then it will certainly much earlier than that be on testnets, be on Kusama. So you'll be able to start seeing seeing things happen. It's one of the reasons, like I'm a big fan of Kusama myself, so I love seeing all like the new features come out and and, and trying them out uh, before they uh, head on to mainnet. Yeah, I'm very interested in sort of seeing all that as well unfold on Kusama before things uh, come full circle. And it is very hard to give any kind of a um, timeline, I think. So it's hard to give timelines generally, but in the kind of crypto space, timelines are something that, um, yeah, there's often who knows what could come up uh, in terms of now and then. I mean, I think anytime you're trying to do something that's like, you know, really new and really exciting and pushing the boundaries, you know, it's hard to say, right? If I was making another, uh, you know, when I used to be a Ruby on Rails developer and I think of like, all right, if I'm just making uh, some other Ruby on Rails app that does, you know, the, the classic CRUD, create, read, update, delete. Okay, I could tell you essentially it's going to take this long depending on these features. But when you're doing something that that's brand new, that nobody's tried before, you're doing it in a decentralized environment, uh, right, then... You know, both both the development environment is very decentralized, right? You know, we uh, have a lot of people, uh, especially with the new Polkadot Fellowship, uh, you know, working together as well as you know a decentralized system. You're you're pushing the boundaries, and so we really don't think it's possible to give you know a, a specific deadline. Yeah, and you mentioned the Polkadot Fellowship. Could we maybe explore? You know, what is the Polkadot Fellowship? Sure. So, so the Polkadot Fellowship. Um, 
So remember I mentioned there used to be a uh, technical committee in Gov1. Yes. Uh, and the technical committee uh, was anyone, any team who had developed a runtime or, or Polkadot host, then uh, the node software uh, could join the fellowship and they could do, um, uh, basically all they could do is limit the, or you know, reduce or lengthen the amount of time of a uh, referendum. So the Polkadot Technical Fellowship uh, is a much more decentralized version of that, that also has relatively limited powers. And uh, so there are, I think, 45 members of the Polkadot Fellowship. They vote each other in uh, of people who really understand Substrate and, and Polkadot. Uh, it's a ranking system, so you can join as rank one and go all the way up to rank nine, although nobody is up to that level. I think uh, uh, Gavin Wood is rank six. Uh, oh, wow. So you can imagine, you know, it's a rank. Uh, uh, and they can then vote on something called a whitelisted uh, proposal. Again, this is... They, they help develop, well, actually, let me step back for a second. Like their main goal is to help uh, the growth of the ecosystem. They provide, you know, they develop the the, the core software. Uh, they provide advice and information and suggestions um, on you know the, the future of the network. Uh, there are meetings, they're, they're open to listening for the public. There's a matrix channel where you can watch them uh, chat if you're interested. There's a public GitHub repo. All of this stuff is public. Their only real power though, is that one of the tracks I mentioned in OpenGov is called whitelisted. And whitelisted still requires, you know, majority of dot holders to vote on and everything, um, but things can happen more quickly if uh, the Polkadot Fellowship whitelists it. So basically they vote and it's like, give their stamp of approval. Uh, and then, uh, you know, any uh, referendum can get passed a little bit uh, more quickly. Uh, on the uh, on this whitelisted track. So again, it, you know, anyone also could do this on the root track if they have the exact same powers. Uh, the whitelisted track just allows it to get done uh, more quickly. So yeah, so the Polkadot Technical Fellowship, you know, they're the ones who are really uh, providing the technical expertise uh, for the system, right? The people that really under, understand it and doing so, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a very decentralized way. They're always looking for new members. So if you're interested and really have been contributing to, to Substrate and Polkadot and uh, would like to, to join their 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 August ranks, uh, you know, maybe we can put a link uh, for, for more details on that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have quite a few links in the description, uh, I believe, because we covered quite a lot. We covered all these moving parts um, of Polkadot, and there's still quite a lot that we have uh, missed out. And we've also gone over um, what was proposed um, by Gavin Wood at Decoded. Bill, as someone that's a, a big fan of Polkadot, um, I would really love to ask you, right now, we, we, you know, there's currently uh, 48 cores, parachains at the moment. What, what do you think Polkadot's capabilities are um, moving forwards in regards to that you know how many cores do you think polkadot can get up to and obviously now that we're breaking potentially those cores down into uh, different things and, and still some of the same things what do you think the future of polkadot looks like in regards to that you know are we going to have thousands of cores or is there a limit is there yeah yeah no so so um under under the current uh, system uh, right that we have right now. So without any any of these changes, um, you know, we've run some some estimates and some some benchmarks that show that we can handle like a few hundred uh, with with the changes that that are being made, um, and especially with an increase in the number of validators uh, on on Polkadot, which is something that we've been you know, uh, 
we we already see on Kusama there are a thousand validators. Uh, there's there are 297 on, on Polkadot. Um, we, we think we can get up to uh, at least a thousand, uh, if not more, cores. Uh, the and that's directly on the relay chain. So something that I think is really you know interesting is that you know these other you know these par, you know, parachains or other entities right that that can be uh, you know like running on Polkadot they can have their own L2s right. So you could have uh, you know like Moonbeam you could be running an L2 you know on Moonbeam right because it's the same thing as Ethereum right. You have the same uh, uh, same smart contracts you can run an L2 uh, on that and so. What this means is like you can just exponentiate outward, right? Uh, so that you can have, uh, you know, whatever, like, you know, N parachains, but each of those perhaps or some subset of those have their own L2s or their own app chains that are like specific uh, to those, their own roll-ups, et cetera. Uh, and uh, yeah, so you really like at, at some point, you know, depending on your like, you know, security assumptions, you have like, you know, essentially infinite uh, you know, like transactions per second, right? You know, again, you know, not really infinite, but like, you know, the, the numbers get like, you know, very big, very quickly. Um, so, so we can see, you know, we've always talked about uh, like, you know, having a million transactions per second. Uh, now the definition of transaction in Polkadot is always a little bit odd because a transaction can be something very, very small or something very big. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we've really, we really see like, you know, lots of room for growth uh, for, for Polkadot, even if we don't have like a specific upper bound on it, uh, right now. Yeah, absolute music to my ears. You know, I'm, I'm not only am I excited with where Polkadot currently is, you know, looking forward to the future, um, you know, with, with, with any kind of, uh, new technology that comes, uh, around, if it is going to find its place in the world, um, where the crypto spaces generally, where things like Polkadot are right now in comparison with where they could be, I think is a very, very exciting prospect. And you mentioned something right at the start of the video, uh, the the interview, sorry. And do you ever think we will see smart contracts directly off of the relay chain? Yeah, so uh, they probably won't be called smart contracts. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, but but something very, very similar to that. Like, you know, being able to run Inc, WebAssembly, RISC-V code uh, directly off uh, the relay chain. Yeah, I mean, so this is just, you know, I mean, a smart contract is just code, right? Yes. And the whole point, or I shouldn't say the whole point, but a big part of you know these these changes is that you will be able to run code, right? You'll be able to run you know more you know anything you want off the relay chain. Uh, so yeah, so be using the, the relay chain. So this is something else I think would be helpful for developers, right? You don't have to come up with all of the you know the extra like. Uh, heavyweightness, right? The heavy weight of, of a parachain, right? You can have, you know, these, these small, small entities, right? Essentially smart contracts run. There's actually uh, a Basti who is one of the, uh, you know, core developers has a, um, uh, has a proof of concept uh, for this. Um, I can send, I can send over the GitHub. Uh, if, if you're, if you're not techie, I warn you, it'll be kind of hard to follow because it was, you know, written by a core substrate engineer to, to show off a, a new uh, feature, but like this capability uh, does and can, or can and does exist. Wow. You know, I think we've covered so much um, and it's a lot for people to digest, but I, I, again, I really want to emphasize it's actually a lot more simple at its heart of an idea than I think people initially um, anticipated it to do, and 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 I'm all for it. You know, I think it's going to make for a far more inclusive, vibrant, um, and elaborate sort of ecosystem all around. So, and I, I I may know your answer here, and and maybe you don't want to share it. 
are you for or against the proposal as it currently sits? No, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I can. I can say uh, I'm happy to not be neutral uh, here. I try. I try to be neutral, but I'm definitely in favor. I think that you know it's it is going to provide a lot more power uh, to developers, right? And I think that's the important thing. Um, and it also, you know, as as a software engineer myself, right? Um, I, I love the fact, right, that we've abstracted out it to essentially what software engineers understand, which are computers, right? You know, blockchains are, are they can be a little bit complicated. They work a little bit differently than other, you know, other systems people are familiar with. But every software engineer knows how a computer works, hopefully, right? Uh, and so being able to just say, all right, well, Polkadot, it's an ubiquitous computer. You want to write some code? You put it on the computer and you can ensure that it runs. And yes, there are some like, you know, knobs you can dial and, you know, different ways you can deploy it and different ways you can, you know, pay for, for the time needed to execute it. But really, again, you know, if I can just sort of summarize everything we've talked about, we're making Polkadot into something like, you know, a decentralized version of the, the laptop that I'm talking to you on this now, right? That, you know, we're just making this like basic idea of a computer and, you know, creating a trustless decentralized version of it and allowing any software engineer uh, to build what they want to build on it and see it deployed to the world. Well, absolutely fascinating. Bill, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we're going to leave links to everything that we've spoken about in this video down in the description for people to check out. Uh, where can people find you, Bill? We'll leave links to your socials. Is there anywhere you want to direct people in specific? Uh, sure. So um, I'm on Twitter at, at Bill Laboon, all one word. Um, actually, if you just do a search for Bill Laboon, my, uh, I have a very unusual last name. Uh, and so uh, you probably find me. Um, you know, uh, uh, I write a lot on, on Polkaverse. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my GitHub, uh, Laboon. So just, yeah, look up Bill Laboon and you'll find me somewhere. Bill, thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. It's great to touch base with you. Uh, and it's really been uh, a privilege to explore um, Polkadot in its current potential future um, state and everything in between. So thank you very much, Bill. Yeah, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you.